Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. You can find the show on Twitter at Potadelphia. And I am joined by a guy who knows how to spell Trubitsky. What's up, Gene? It's Polish or something, right? It, it's That's not. Does it end with a Y or an I? Do you I know that much? I think it ends with a Y. Yeah. So it's something Eastern European. We know that much. <laughs> Mr. Trabitsky. <laughs> the guy definitely come with come with me. That guy definitely sounds like he belongs in a place like Chicago. Like he's like would, a Rocky and Bullwinkle villain, right? Trabitsky. There's no way that guy would have fit in in San Francisco. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But uh we are we are here to talk about the Chicago Bears game this weekend. And the history of the Chicago Bears Philadelphia Eagles rivalry, which is probably a little more story than people probably remember. Yeah, you know what? You know, I, this week I've been getting, um, I've been getting the, my Bears hate on. Like I've, I'm usually like pretty apathetic towards the Bears, but this week I've been really like getting myself prepared to hate the Bears. They have featured in some of the biggest games in Eagles, at least modern history. I would say at least two of them that I can think of that are got to be in the top ten games of uh, of the modern franchise. I mean, it kind of kicked off the McNabb era. Yeah, well, and every time McNabb played Chicago, there was always all the talk of McNabb's going, McNabb's going home and that he played well in front of Chicago. And he had a pretty good record in Chicago, if I remember correctly. I don't remember how many times they played. But, uh, you know, we could probably talk maybe first about the last, before last year, the last time we went to the Super Bowl went through Chicago. We had to go into Soldier Field and beat the Bears. Didn't we have to beat the Bears in the playoffs? Did we? I feel like we had to beat them in the – I honestly feel like we had to beat them in the NFC Championship game. I kind of remember, you the, know, holding the trophy in at 05? Soldier Field. Yeah, I, I kind of no, remember. we beat the Falcons at home. But didn't we have to go through Chicago at some point in that run? Didn't maybe the divisional round? I'm was not sure, Chicago? but it was probably like some sort of like Kyle Orton-led Bears. Yeah, oh yeah, but it was definitely on the road. Really? Huh. Why does that – why does why do I not remember that game? I, I just know. remember the – the McNabb game uh, when we when we played the Rams in the in the championship uh, game. I know McNabb had a kind of a breakout game, and, the, and I feel like um, McNabb made like Wilbom go through some sort of existential crisis where he like loved Chicago so much and he loved McNabb so much that he kind of like exploded. Yeah, yeah. It always <laughs> it always made it seem like he couldn't pick what side he wanted to land on, so he just didn't didn't choose. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the game that everybody remembers when you talk about a, an Eagles Bears rivalry is the Fog Bowl, right? That's the game you remember. 1988. Was it was it actually 1989? It was this 88 season, correct? Weren't we just well, talking about try, We could get Chuck in on this. Yeah, it was were the we actually just talking 89 <laughs> No, it was 88 because it was uh, December 31st. It was New Year's Eve. 30 years ago, the 30-year anniversary of the Fog Bowl this year. We had the 50-year anniversary of throwing snowballs at Santa, and now we get to do the 30-year anniversary of Fog Bowl. Now, was that the wild card round or the divisional round? How early did the playoffs start that back then? So back then, it was three divisions um, and two uh, – wait, was it three? Three to two wild card teams. The two wild card teams would play each other on wild card weekend. And then the the winner of that game would play the third seed. We were the three seed, and we played the one seed. And the four seed came out of the wild card weekend and played the two seed, which was the 49ers. Okay. 
So the wild card um, weekend already happened. This was the divisional round. We were playing the one seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were we lads. It was all different then. Yeah, it was weird. Well, just the fact that you said that we had three divisions kind of sent me on a nostalgia right? trip. It was east, west, and central, right? Yeah, you're there absolutely no right. South, right. Yeah, there was no north and south. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's how it shook out. And, man, we we had a good team. That, so let me ask you this real quick. So while I was gearing up my Bears hate, I was thinking about this. Now, I want you to separate yourself into your intellectual side and your emotional side. Okay. Now, intellectually, who is the greatest coach in, in Eagles history? Intellectually? Yeah, intellectually speaking, if you take emotion out of it, I I have to. It's 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 a tougher call than it probably would have been a little while ago. But I, I think right now I'd have to say Andy Reid. Yeah, it's Andy Reid, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, Doug work. may make a case for himself. He does have the one thing that Andy Reid never was able to achieve. Right, but he's one like puking quarterback away from, and Spygate away from you know having that. Yeah. No, Andy and Andy went to a bunch of championship games, and Andy had a ton of ten win seasons. No, I mean intellectually, Andy Reid, for all intents and purposes, is the is the yeah best a coach. big round body of work. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, okay. Now, emotionally speaking, who is the greatest coach in Eagles history? Buddy Ryan. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. Okay. And, and and we've had this conversation before. I feel like Buddy Ryan set up the template of how to be an Eagles fan. Like before Buddy Ryan, I don't think anybody really knew like how to be an Eagles fan. He taught us all how to truly be the, the what is the modern Eagles fan. I think Absolutely. beforehand, you know, there were people that loved Wilbur Montgomery and, and Dick Vermeil and, and those people. You know, those people are the people you see in the stands, you know, at uh, in, in Vince Papali's movie. But I feel like the modern Eagles fan kind of took all the rough and tumble of of the the the, the 70s and and put it with the true grit and hatred of the Buddy Ryan era. And that's what you get is the, the modern Eagles fan. Yeah. Um, and I, mean, I love Buddy Ryan. So if you would say who's your favorite Eagles coach, like no matter what, talking intellectually speaking, Super Bowls, whatever. I mean, I love Buddy Ryan. I look at Buddy Ryan, I see me. Well, and the thing, if you had said your favorite Eagles personality, players, coaches, everything, wrapped it all up into one bundle, I still might put Buddy. He's Buddy's still in my top three, probably. He's the best. He's the best. If Buddy Ryan, if if he could come back and be the coach now, I would I would get rid of Doug and and, and put Buddy Ryan. I even rooted for Buddy when he was decking other position coaches and 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 yeah, Detroit, and, right? Yeah. Well, no, I think it was when he was coaching the defense in Houston. Didn't he punch oh, out the <laughs> offensive coordinator? I think right, he it did. Was Houston, yeah. <laughs> uh, his own offensive coordinator, no less. Like it wasn't like was he Jeff had gone. Fisher was he under Jeff Fisher? At that I, time? I think. Oh, Jeff oh, Fisher was in that was with that franchise forever. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. a Warren okay, Moon so, quarterback team. I know that. The, so the Ditka Ryan feud. Um, I guess this all started when Hallis was was hiring a new head coach, and I guess Buddy and all the players thought Buddy was in line for this position, but he gives it to Ditka, and then Buddy really never was never that like eighty two, eighty three. It's before the Super Bowl run, right? It was it was eighty two. It might have even been eighty four. I don't know. Oh, but like I know, right before the championship. But I know there was a huge blow up um, I, leading up to the Super Bowl. Like and there was some game where Ditka came in and he was telling Buddy, you know, to make some sort of personnel change, and and Buddy wasn't having it, and people were like throwing chairs and stuff. And I don't think it was really. Uh, it was always tenuous before that, but it was never really the same after that. And I think right before the Super Bowl, uh, 
Buddy announces that he's leaving to become the Eagles head coach. Is that kind of how it went? Yeah, that's that's kind of how I've heard the story. It's amazing because I think history has had a, a way of kind of washing that 85 Bears team into like they're just one of the greats. They're one of the few teams that even as a one like they weren't a dynasty or anything, but they you know, they were always in the conversation of the greatest team ever. And certainly they're in the conversation of the greatest defense ever. And that's Buddy. Like, Buddy was the architect of that defense. So it was kind of strange to think about that they could have maybe had Buddy stayed in Chicago if they had been able to work out their personalities. Maybe we're talking about the late 80s Chicago dynasty and not the late 80s 49er dynasty. Maybe that defense stays together. Maybe it's it's a one of the great what-ifs of NFL history. For sure. But, I mean, like, I, I think Ditka is kind of, like, ready to let it go, but Buddy – you know, never would uh, first press conference where he's introduced as the Eagles head coach. They ask him about Mike Didka and his response is, you know, Mike who starts chuckling. Uh, they play their first, the, the first game they play against each other is the next season. And, you know, it's the time when you didn't play um, people from other divisions all that often. And, you know, buddy doesn't go out and shake hands. Um, so, you know, buddy just never lets it go, which is, you know, fantastic. Well, at the time, opinion. you had two extra division games every year because you still had the Cardinals oh, in the right. in the division. So you had to play two extra division games every year. But then there's also like these like weird parallels that, uh, between um, the two teams, right? So the Bears they had the um, the Super Bowl shuffle, right? Right. So do you remember the Eagles' response to Super Bowl shuffle? The Eagles had a response to Super Bowl shuffle. Oh, yeah. It was uh, the Eagles made a rap video. This is the 86, 87 Bear uh, Eagles? Well, this is the 88 Eagles. So this is the okay. year of the Fog Bowl. Okay, okay. Um, they made a they made a, a rap video called uh, Buddy's Watching You. Buddy's Watching You? Yeah, and I want to play you um, Randall Cunningham's bit. Okay, this, this should be a real, a real yeah. treat. All right, hold on. Let me, move the, let me move the filter out of the way. Hold on. That's actually better than the whole Super Bowl shuffle, honestly. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. If you listen to the the, uh, we'll we'll probably like tweet out the link to this. Um, if you listen to the whole video, it's shit. Okay. It really. I mean, the, the, Luis and Dejas has a the kicker has a verse. Yeah, he's like Luis and Dejas. I'm the kicker. People ask me if I get nervous. Sometimes I am. Like that's. <laughs> The only thing I remember about Zendejas is wasn't he a big part of the Bounty Bowl or, you know, didn't wasn't that what started the Bounty Bowl that, that he got hit and then Buddy was like, that's it. We're taking them all out. <laughs> I don't I don't no, I don't know. I can't get into that. I can't comment on that now. We'll have to do the 30th anniversary of the of the body of the, bag of, game. Of or... Bounty Bowl. Well, there's <laughs> Bounty Bowl. There's body bag. That's the thing is all of the Buddy games. They're all they all could be podcasts unto themselves. We're going to do a Buddy Ryan tribute episode. Okay. For sure. This yeah. is just like prelude to that, I think. Um they all, Buddy and Mike Ditka had um parallel life-threatening events in 1988. Do you remember that? Did they both have heart attacks? Cuz that sounds well, like something that would happen to Ditka. D- Ditka had the heart attack. Um Buddy was choking on a pork chop. <laughs> is that for real? <laughs> he really choked on a pork chop? That is for real. That is for real. So uh, the Eagles won their division. The Bears won their division. The, you know, they're facing off in the playoffs. And, um, of course, Didka's restaurant that week uh, has a pork chop special. 
Of course they do. On the menu. Perfect. Mm-hmm. This is like a WWE like lead up to SummerSlam or something. Well, like, the, the thing that I heard was, and I think it was Meryl Reese maybe talking about this, was when the Eagles landed, they had the bus headed towards the hotel, and Buddy went to the bus driver and said, hey, pal, swing by Soldier Field. I want you to do some laps and lay on the horn because I want them to know that we're here. Yeah, that's a weird, I mean, what grown man does that? Well, and you've got, he's doing laps around a whole stadium in a bus full of, like, <laughs> huge men that he, he wants to let the other locker room full of huge men to know that they were there. He also uh, he also said that he had the home field advantage in that playoff game because he never lost a playoff game at Soldier Field. Wow. <laughs> Sick burn. <laughs> I like that, though. Um, so, and then it gets, like, really foggy. Well, from what I understand and what I do remember about the game was because I was eight. So it's it's foggy in my memory. But so it's right before New Year's. My parents, I think, are either getting ready to have people over that night or they're de-Christmasing the house. Because I remember my parents, my dad being upstairs. And this is before, you know, you had the ability to DVR things or rewind things. But we had a small television upstairs in my brother's room. Uh, It was probably like a, I don't know, like a, like a 25 inch TV, rabbit ears, uh, you know, but we had a cable running to it. It was, everything was fine. I remember us kind of doing things upstairs. And the first half of the game, I remember being totally clear, totally fine. It was a beautiful day. I remember them actually commenting. I remember my dad commenting on the weather. He was disappointed that there wasn't snow. Uh, He kind of thought January, Chicago, it was going to be like a snow game. So he said, you know, the sun's out. And from what I remember, we were kind of down, but my dad wasn't really sweating it because the Eagles in 88, their offense could score fast. So I remember him kind of saying, like at halftime, we were down, but... He didn't feel like we were out of it. I think we were down what twelve to three or something like that. Twelve to six. Well, I think we were down seventeen six. Seventeen six. Um, at the point, so it's the second quarter, and and in the second quarter we get the, uh, I'm sorry, what did Bill and I call it? The advection fog. The advection fog. Yeah, I watched the NFL films uh, bit on it, and w- Bill Nye explained what happened, and he called it advection fog. So okay. uh, warm air was blown in from Lake Michigan, and when it hit the cold of, of the field, it turned into water vapor, and that's where you got and just all sat the fog. There. So, yeah, the way they kind of described it coming in was like something from like a horror movie, like yeah. a blanket just you know rising up and kind of rolling in from like the south end of the stadium or whatever it was. And then just sitting um, on top of the field. And then just staying, just sitting on top of the field. Um, the announcers were saying they thought they were going to start hearing alarms because they, they thought it was like smoke from a fire uh, somewhere. And it was just you couldn't see. Like if you were on – the sideline, you could not see the middle of the field. Right. From what I understood, it was like you couldn't you couldn't see a, a cross to, to tell. So from what we were talking about or what we what we had read kind of getting prepared for this, one of the things that stuck with me was they had to send down a public address announcer to the field to kind of after the play kind of announce like running play, eight-yard gain for Chicago or whatever, so that people that were in the stadium that had paid for these playoff tickets could actually know what was happening on the field because there was no way to tell. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the 
the main, you know, one of the main questions I had was like, my God, the fans that were in the stands got absolutely robbed. Anyone watching the game on TV got absolutely robbed. I've never seen my father more angry at my mother than when he thought that she had kicked something behind the television in my brother's room and caused it to go foggy. No kidding. Is that a true story? Yeah. He really honestly blamed my mother. He thought that she had done something. She had been vacuuming and it hit some sort of cable. He was rewiring every television in the house. Not paying attention to the announcers who had said that it was foggy. He was just convinced that there was some way that he could clear up his television so that he could see this game. He had been waiting yeah. this game for like, I don't know, six years, seven years. So he was well, going to see it. the thing is, is this is the, this is the team. Like the, the 88 team was the team. Right. Like that was our Super Bowl team. That was Betty. Uh, <laughs> that was Buddy's best chance. Well, some people will say the 91 team may have had a, a, a better chance, but Randall breaks his leg. Right. Yeah. I mean, but. But this was the perfect storm. They were at the end of the year. They had the best, certainly the best offense they had. And right. they just couldn't use it because they were built to pass. Um, well, Randall had uh, 400 yards in that game. He had 400 yards in the fog ball? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. How in God's name did he, what, did he run for 400 yards? There's no way he could throw no any passing. Pass. That's crazy. They moved, they moved the ball uh, like up and down the field in that game. Um. They just were never able to score a touchdown, oddly enough. Mike Quick was talking about, because um, Mike Quick played in that game. He was on the field. He was talking, I think, last weekend about how there was a play where Keith Jackson, who was the tight end of that team, was very shorthanded and dropped a touchdown pass in that game in the first half when it was still clear. That could have changed the whole direction of how that game went. And Keith really? Jackson like never... Uh, you know, I think he had maybe three drops the whole year. He was, he was, uh, you know, the equivalent of, of Zach Ertz now. Yeah. And I mean, after the fog rolled in, all, all they did were tra was trade field goals, I believe, too. Right. So there was no, I mean. There was like no scoring in the second half. And can you imagine trying to kick in that? You're just kind of winging it. and Or being the ref that has to determine whether or not the kick went through. Crazy. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get um, trying to get the box score from that game. I wonder how many penalties were called in that game. How could you even see holding? Well, that's another thing. They were saying I forget who who it was that was doing the interview, but they were saying that um, yeah, there was a lot of you know pass inter what well, you know would be pass interference. Um, a lot of holding went uncalled. Well, on to top it all off. The Eagles were in white that day. I think white on their famous, like, those silver gray pants that they wore then. Yeah. and I love those uniforms. They were great <laughs> uniforms, except when you're playing in a bit dense gray fog. Yeah, I guess so. There's very few even pictures from there. There's the one famous picture that I remember very specifically of after the fog rolls in from, like, the, the first down marker that you can kind of sort of make out. Bears uniforms because they were in their dark blue. The Bears uniforms have changed very little over the last forty years, um, so you can kind of make out the their, you know their dark blue, uh, but you can only kind of make out like the helmets of the Eagles. Like the rest of them, just they just disappear. Yeah, I'm sorry. Randall threw for uh, three seventy eight. That's incredible. But that's still a great game. I mean, yeah, three seventy eight. 
anytime you're getting that close to 400 yards in a game where in the second half, basically, you're only going to be able to see 10 to 15 yards downfield anyway. I guess they probably had to just keep throwing the ball short anyway. It was probably a lot of dump offs to Keith Byers. You know, Randall only had 12 yards rushing in that game. Really? That and seems one, a very much for 11 yards. You would have thought in that fog he would have been just flying a little around. Shiftier, yeah. You just know? flying around. Chris Carter, only one catch for 17 yards and, and not a touchdown. So, I mean, Buddy he Ryan only like, catch touchdowns. Buddy Ryan famously hated Chris Carter, right? Yeah, all he does is catch touchdowns. Right. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. So what would happen if the Fog Bowl happened this year? Like, let's say we're going down, we go to play this game, and in the middle of the second quarter, crazy act of God, the Fog rolls in. Believe they it. stop the game, right? I feel like they would. I feel like now they would. They they would. Right. And if they had stopped the game, because in 88, what happens is the game ends, they go and do the post-game interview, when they come out off the field, it's beautiful again, totally clear. So they would have just probably nowadays they would just wait it out, especially since this year specifically, we are the late start on Sunday. So there's nobody that we've got a fo- like that's following us that's right. going to try and link up. Well, it's going to be dark, basically, by the time they start anyway. Yeah. Um, was the fog an act of God? It was something. Um <laughs> The thing that kills me about that, that, and we talked about this a little bit, that that team, had it gotten through Chicago, probably goes to the Super Bowl that year. Well, it's a date with the 49ers, and this is the— um, But would the 49ers have had to come to Philadelphia, or were they the one seed overall? They were the two seed. We were the three seed. We would have had to go to San Francisco. So we would have gone to San Francisco. Was and that the year that—who the, the that who ended up going to San Francisco? Chicago? No, no, no. They went to Chicago. Chicago was the one. Okay, so San Francisco comes to Chicago and beats the Bears? And beats the Bears. Yeah. Wow. And this is the year of um this was the year they played the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Oh, well, which is a great Super Bowl. Yeah, the catch. Right. Is that the catch? That was the Dwight like Clark or whatever in the Dwight Clark was in the NFC championship game against Dallas da- okay, earlier. I think that's eighty three. Um but no, the Bengals one was that was that drive at the end of the game to beat the Bengals, Jerry Rice. The drive. Or, yeah. There the were drive, several things that are called the drive, but that was the one in the Super Bowl where Joe Montana had to come back and Jerry Rice had a really big uh, final series to beat the Bengals. That was that was the uh, the Bengals team was the Boomer Esiason, and Icky Icky Shuffle uh, Bengals team. I don't know if yeah. you remember Icky Woods. Yeah, the drive versus uh, Philly Special. Philly special, uh, yeah. I, yeah, you know, Philly uh, special is great, and I th- it's it's so fun now that like when Super Bowl weekend's going to roll around again, um, and you have that whole day fina- uh, extravaganza where they show this the all the highlights the of all NFL the NFL films marathon. Yeah, this will be the first time, very seriously, since two thousand five that I'll be able to like sit and watch that 05 Super Bowl. Like I've literally not watched any of it ever since it happened. I have never gone back and looked at it. I've been so, so angry about funny it. How, it's so funny how if Spygate doesn't happen and the Eagles win the Super Bowl that year, you, you know, all of these conversations, like who's the greatest coach? Who's the greatest quarterback? What's the best? Team, you know what I mean? All well, I think that people will start changes. having conversations about how Donovan McNabb might be a Super Bowl or uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback if he wins that Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, he maybe doesn't get run out of town the way he does. I, I, I don't know. Like so much changes if that if things happen differently, I guess. So, whatever. yeah, but so this will be the first year I'll, I'll watch the highlights from that. 
and uh, I can't wait to see the highlights from last year. That's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. We should probably we we should do like a Super Bowl Fifty Two revisited. I think that would be Episode. great. I'm hoping what we'll be doing that for is uh, in preparation for Super Bowl Fifty Three when the Eagles yeah. are going back as defending champs. The off week. Yeah. In between. Um, yeah, also, it's just some other weird stuff about that game. Mike Singletary said it was basically like a, a Sandlot game. Like, the, the coordinators had no – I, I guess this was like before radioing into the helmet and all that stuff. So the players couldn't see the sidelines to get the plays. So they were just kind of calling their own plays, and then you On would the come field. off the field, and the coordinators would say, like, what did you run? Because they had no idea. They couldn't yeah, – like, what defense did you call? Even if they had radios, they wouldn't have any ability to see what was happening to – call anything in anyway so they had to kind of rely on the guys on the field who actually could maybe see yeah so crazy so crazy um but on to sunday yeah let's talk about sunday yeah i mean what like what 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 do you what are you looking at in this game well there are some things and i don't know if i would call myself somebody that buys into a lot of trends but one of the trends I did see that I maybe put a little stock in is Super Bowl winning quarterbacks versus quarterbacks making their first start in playoffs. The, okay. The, I think the record is 10-1 and one for Super Bowl, previous Super Bowl winners. Like, it's very heavily favored for quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls. That makes sense. Quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls generally are playing on teams that are both good and these are guys that have a lot of experience the wrench that we throw into this is the super bowl winning quarterback we're talking about is nick Foles, who has only got three starts this year well no he had three at the end and two in the beginning so he's got five starts this year uh yeah you know so does is nick Foles a, does he kind of throw those that off or is it simply because nick Foles comes in with all of this nick Foles mojo I don't know what else to call it. His, his, all of the things that come with th- the being that has become Nick Foles. I, I don't know, man. Then there's so many people in the national media that just talk about this phenomenon that how he has, he's so clutch and how he can turn it on. I think that it's probably even affecting the line. I haven't looked at what it was. I think it was, had opened at six. I think the Bears were favored by six. Um, I think it maybe has come down since then. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's, uh, it's pretty disrespectful. Um, that the line was as big as it as it is so like perfect that's exactly how we want it please play that up for our guys um and i i just don't i don't see i don't see how it's a blowout no it's i definitely don't see how it's a blowout the bears offense doesn't do a lot for me they have some good running running backs but there's nobody on that team that that terrifies me this oh, no mitch is gonna have to throw the ball to win this game yeah mitch is gonna have to throw the ball around and Which, you know like it may, maybe that's fine but he's gonna get hit like he's gonna take shots yeah we're gonna, gonna get pressure like our run defense over the last month has been nasty right yeah no people don't and i hope that it's that that's the strategy that jim schwartz employs is i'm going to not allow you to run the ball you're gonna have to throw on us and I think another way, another way that we're going to win this game is we're going to have to play up, play up that mystique, man. Jump, jump on them early. Go, oh, oh no, it's Nick Foles is doing it again. And then you know Mitch Trubisky is going to have to go back there and and uh, throw the ball down the field. I mean, like and just 
make mistakes. And I think Doug's going to have to he's going to have to come out willing to gamble. I'm not saying he needs to be crazy. I'm not saying he needs to go for every fourth down, but we know Doug likes to take a bet. And I think we need to see fourth and Doug probably early and often. Do you think there will be any um Philly Philly like some kind of trick play? Uh, like, I don't know whether it's the Eagles running it or if it's the Bears doing it with Trey Burton involved again. Is there any kind of like wink and nods to that in this game? Maybe. I don't know. I feel this game's going to be real tight. So I don't know that there are going to be any opportunities to kind of throw in anything super crazy. Um, from what I heard, uh, when Trey Burton showed up in Chicago, one of the first days at practice, uh, they had kind of asked him to to run that or something. And uh, he couldn't complete the pass because his his nerves were like shot. And when they ran it, um, they've run it. I think a similar variation earlier in the season, and he wasn't part of it because he's he's like it's like he's got the yips about it now. Like Burton can't run it. I mean, listen, if you're gonna complete it once, that was the time to do it. Do it fourth and goal in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I might have been been like, nah, man, I'm retired, man. There's no way I'm gonna look bad doing that on film when I've looked great doing it. But I think that you might see Doug pull out some sort of trick thing. I feel like they're so – I'm hoping that they're so beyond as far as um, the Philly Philly, like that they've got some other thing that they've been sitting on all year that they're ready to they're ready to roll with. Uh, you know, The thing that is unfortunate is I know, and this is one of the stories I love from last year, is that Frank Reich, that was one of his things every week was that they would sit down with like this stack of like crazy plays – that that what he was like a student of crazy plays like he just had just like a whole notebook of crazy goofy wacky plays that they would go over and see what they wanted to put into the game plan and i hope that somebody else in the locker room has kind of stepped up and kind of fulfilled that role of the guy that gives doug some kind of creative play you know what's weird i i never see that play stopped I, I can't imagine how you would stop it. It seems like it, it's just such a well-designed play. I mean, besides Brady just dropping the ball. Yeah. It seems to always work. Right. The guy's always going to be open. It's like it's always going to be there. The, the 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 two, I think, hiccups that can result in that play are you've got a guy who is not necessarily a natural quarterback throwing the ball. So that's always kind of a dangerous thing. And you've got a guy who's not a natural receiver catching the ball. So that's kind of why it's always open because your defense is gambling on the fact that the reason these guys aren't doing this thing on a regular basis is because it's not their skill set. But when you've got people wide open, you know, you can you can see. And, and Nick, as as I read in a – I think it was in a tweet today, Nick Foles is what they call scary athletic. Well, he's a basketball player too. Yeah, right? he was a basketball player. Yeah, he's so I don't know about scary athletic. That, that, I, I thought that was kind of a funny tweet. I think there was somebody <laughs> from Chicago that called him scary athletic. One of those things that was like you know things to look out for Bears fans. I mean the Titan games. Yeah, no, I don't know that the the word scary is something that people usually use to describe Nick Foles. Um, but okay, I, I although I, if if there is somebody that's scared of him, it might be that guy in New England. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Gene, you have a do you have a prediction? What's your prediction for Sunday? Oof. Well, we could, you want to go through all four games? Yeah, let's do all four and we'll do the Eagles game last. Okay. Do you have them up cuz I don't remember them all? Matchup wise. <laughs> I remember I, that I remember that Seattle plays Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the Colts are playing um the Ravens? No. Who's playing the Ravens? 
Chargers and Ravens play one another. Chargers, Chargers and, Ray, and Ravens in Baltimore, I believe. So who you got in that game? Let's do that game first. Chargers, Ravens. I think that's that, that's the game I'm actually like most excited. Aside from the Philly game, uh, that's the game I'm most excited to see. I like the new quarterback in Baltimore. The crazy stat for him is he set the record for most rushing attempts in a quarterback for a quarterback. He hadn't start. He didn't start as the starting quarterback until week 11. That's a crazy stat. Yeah. He's got the most rushing attempts as a quarterback. Uh, I like what they, like, it feels like that's breathed a whole new life into that team. Um, I feel like Phillip Rivers and the Chargers just this time of year have never historically traveled well. So I yeah. feel like that game has got Baltimore written all over it. Uh, so I think the home team wins there. I think Baltimore uh, wins that. I feel like I, I feel like they win it comfortably too, like maybe by 10. I agree. I, I think... I don't know how cold it's going to be in Baltimore, um, but I'm not really sure it matters. Like I love a good, like I love a running game uh, when it comes to playoff time. And then the man, the Ravens have a, a great one. And yeah. I just think they're going to like time of possession them out. It's going to be at home. They're just going to be able to work it. And uh, yeah, I think the Ravens win that one also. Maybe if they were out in California, I'd have to feel a little differently. I just don't see Philip Rivers coming across the country and, and beating Baltimore. Yeah, that's a tough that's a tough draw for the Chargers. Um, so the other the other AFC uh, game is the Texans at the Colts. Texans Colts. That's a division game. Uh, who's the home team there? The Texans, right? Pretty impressive um, coaching job by Frank Reich to get yeah. them into the playoffs, though. I, they have got to be really happy with him in um, in Indianapolis. I've I got to take the Colts there. Uh, I'm going to go with – that's a heart bet. I, I think I'm going to take Frank Reich and his – I like Andrew Luck in a playoff game too, so I'm going to take the Colts there. It's going to be close though. Really? I think you just want the Colts to win. I, I think this game's going to be – you're getting that – well, so wait, does Texas play in a dome? I'm sure – I think it's one of those convertible stadiums. Really? I don't know. I think the Texans are going to win that game. Didn't the Texans beat Indianapolis twice this year though? At That third game's always tricky. Yeah, except when it's Dallas and Philly, and exactly. Dallas beat us twice in the '90s, and then again in the playoffs. I heard all that stuff before. I just think, I just think the Texans overall are a better team right now. Yeah, that's true. So we'll we'll see. I I want Indianapolis to win. It may not be the most logical thing, so, but that's who I'm rooting for is Indy. Yeah, but I like Andrew Locke too. Yeah, uh, Frank Reich. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, what a playoff game. I would like to. I'm going to root for the Colts for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, Dallas Seahawks. This is the game you said the other game you're looking forward to most for the weekend. This is the other game I'm looking forward to the most. I cannot wait. And if as so, as much as I believe in almost anything, I believe that Dallas is going to get beat this weekend. I just cannot see it any other way. I don't think Dallas is very good. I haven't thought they were very good all year. The only thing that upsets me about that is it it, it would immediately squash my dream of the Eagles being able to play them one more time. Um, but man, I just I I think Russell Wilson's going to go down there. I think Seattle's going to have a mad on. I think that Jason Garrett cannot coach. That Pete Carroll is going to out coach him. He's going to coach circles around him. Russell Wilson is way more clutch than Dak. This is this I hope the Seattle. I think Seattle's going to win and they're going to win big. Um, here's here's my take on this. I'm pulling for Dallas to win this game hard. Um, I think if Dallas loses this game, there's a great chance that Garrett loses his job, and I do 
do not want that to happen at all. So I'm really rooting for Dallas in this one. Just, just they could just win just the one, uh, and then get stomped um, next week because they would then go to L.A. Right? I think that would no, you know, that would be how. Well, unless I guess the Bears beat. Why do we win? Yeah, yeah, it, it gets crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think this is another one of those things where it's like, Seattle's kind of been through this ringer a couple of times um they're not as good as uh, you know on the road as they are at home yeah they're very good at home probably a better team than dallas um right now i don't know this would be an exciting game i think uh they could maybe bottle up zeke and make make dak do it um but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'll just take dallas in this one okay all right just to not pick too many road well, that's true. It does seem like the the home team in this round does fare fairly well. So, all right. So, Eagles, Bears. Oh, Eagles are going to win this game. I feel it's like not... the Eagles are going to win this game too. I really, really do. And that <sighs> there's a lot of things that, that that could happen. I just feel like they've got so much, so much going for them going into this game that if they could have something good happen early, um, they really could. They could really that's get comfortable. Saying. I feel like we're going to have like one of those big. Over the top throws to Jeffries or or, or Aguilar, and we're, we're going to go up early, and it's going to be freak out time over there. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's my hope. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and then so I think I think first. once once we get if we can get past this game, I feel like the season is a, a, a pretty big success, in my opinion. I think anything beyond this week is just icing. Um, this is this is. I'm so glad that we ended up getting into the into the playoff. It was going to be a real big disappointment for this team as the defending Super Bowl champs to not get back into the playoffs. So just the way we were able to finish the season, it really showed me something about Doug. There was there was some parts of the season where I I thought maybe he he didn't have any idea how to innovate and and that the the maybe the the game was going to overwhelm him that he was going to he was going to get behind the eight ball, but. Doug proved that if you have the locker room behind you, because he does, he never lost the locker room, that they'll put faith in him. And he talked a lot about how after that New Orleans game, he really leaned on people like Malcolm Jenkins and, uh, you know, the the, the team leadership and, and really said to those guys, like, don't let these players go to sleep. Don't let them sleepwalk through the rest of the season. We still have a chance here. Let's keep fighting. And they did. So that impressed me. Yeah, and this is the worst if your team is a contender, like if you're a Vikings fan, this week, this weekend, you it's really hard to watch games. Yeah, it, it would. Really I, would I don't know that I'd be watching had we been eliminated. Yeah, if you feel like you should be there and you aren't, this weekend's impossible to watch football. It's the worst. Yeah, yeah, and there's so. there's there's some really good teams in the playoffs this year. It's going to be a really interesting um, couple of weeks to see how it all shakes out. There's some very high-powered offenses. Uh, once those guys kind of rejoin the pack, it's going to get real interesting. But sometimes, you know, high-flying offenses in the regular season doesn't always pan out in the playoffs. Playoffs is a different monster. Yeah, and those teams have not been playing like gangbusters going into the playoffs. No, so. the Rams in particular have looked really thin and really bad. It's really a shame that we're not going to be able to play them. Yeah. In, in round two but uh oh uh before we sign off i got a little bit of uh trivia for you okay um the fog bowl is number three on the nfl's all-time weather related games okay you, think you can get the other two so that's number three the other two um 
I'm going to say one of them is that one's easy, one's hard. I think one of them is the tuck rule game, right? Is that the okay? The... I thought that was the hard one. Yeah, okay. tuck rules number two. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number one. Oh man, I feel like it's another, another, f- another snow related maybe it was the 60 championship what do they call that the ice bowl you got it the ice bowl i think it was 67 okay but yeah the ice bowl was number one yeah okay see there you go weather related uh championship games or or nfl games you could be like the the potadelphia weatherman yeah see there you go that's my forte all right so that's all the time we have for today uh we are going to see you back uh back here at this very spot um, on Monday morning where we recap uh, the big Eagles win over the Bears and we're going to be previewing a, a Saints, a, a rematch a against rematch. the Saints. Yeah. Yep. Um, we'll be talking about uh, lose, lose for Hughes, uh, our new our new mindset for the Philadelphia Flyers. We're going to talk about Embiid's dominance in Phoenix, uh, all the good stuff coming up next week. Um, listen, while you're at it, Please go to iTunes and and rate and review Potadelphia. Please, it really helps people find the show. Also, follow us on Instagram. Uh, we don't have enough Instagram followers at Potadelphia. There's some cool stuff going on at Instagram. So, um, hey, until Monday, go birds, baby. Go birds.